This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years experience. And I also have with me the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage, who does an amazing job and his whole team over there making sure loans get approved and people get keys to their house, Mr. Terry Kernan. Yeah, and you've done a great job. Um, I appreciate you working through some of the things in the past and current and present to be able to get things done and uh, we've had our share and i think that's what's important terry is for people to understand there's nothing to panic about when there's a glitch that's why this is complex there's a lot of moving <clears throat> parts and all that um a glitch is not a problem it's not a big deal at all we uh 99 of the times i've learned in this business of 20 years and 700 plus of these it just takes time and uh, it takes time and a solution that you need to navigate through. That's something that's technical. It's needed. It's something that was missing. It's something that's now new. It's required, whatever it is. And 99% of the time, it ain't a big, big deal because you guys do such a great job. There's really never a, holy cow, they dropped the whole entire ball. They've been doing this 40 years. How in the world, the, how in the world did they not know they needed to know what somebody's income was? That's what I mean. It's never, it's always something like, um, the underwriter needs this document now. Um, they just question this or they need to get verification about this or whatever. And that's why I always tell people, I try to be really clear with buyers, Terry, to say, whenever it says these are the conditions that need to now be met to get your loan final clear to close it's just a condition it's just something that's a technical just small little thing get them it's not a big deal yeah. and they'll be like why do they want that for me and they didn't want that from my neighbor well your life is different than your neighbor yeah your neighbor didn't have a medical bill that needed to be proof that it was paid and you do big deal get the piece of paper that says it's been paid satisfied and we're good to go i've dealt with that so many times over my career it's silly and it's like it's not a big deal so and by the way you're buying a house not a car or furniture so they really want to make sure their t's are and dots are eyes and all that jazz plus people have to be reminded of the dodd frank stuff which is what those are all the regulation rules that keep everything in a safe harbor to make sure that things are done in such a way that it makes good, logical, perfect sense, right? Correct. All right. Correct. You're so, up. You're the mortgage well, dude. Well, I know I shared a lot on that first segment. We're not doing numbers today because we're talking about things that are hot topics. Let's go. So going back to what you were saying is is it's all in your delivery. Um, and, and one thing that I have used over the years and years and years is the word problem usually doesn't come out of my mouth when I'm talking about a loan. Good. Okay. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Here, here's my challenge. Here's your challenge. Is, you know, whatever the challenge is, here's my challenge, and this is how I'm going to fix it, and this is how we're going to get around it. And that has seemed to work for me for the last 36-plus years. But, yes, you're right. The, when somebody says problem, and, and then I think it sets off an alarm. Yeah. Like somebody it's says something challenge. that's never happened before, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, so we have challenges in our business and we have a lot of them we get thrown some curveballs and uh we we always tend to hit them so it's uh so it's all good 
This is why having someone like us who's done this 20-plus years and having a team of people that do this day in and day out, 60 days a week, six days, seven days a week, and, and whatever, and we're just living and breathing and sleeping at times. Um, this is what separates men from boys, Terry. This is what separates professionalism versus not and getting things done and knowing what to do to, get to, to solve challenges versus somebody that looks as deer in headlights and goes, uh... I don't know. Never dealt with that before. That's the difference. That's yeah. just a difference. I don't know about you, but I want, I would, Terry, would you rather have a server? I mean, not to, I mean, a server at a restaurant. I don't know about you. I don't feel like this a lot, but I've heard of people that they see a brand new server and they've never done this before and they're in training. They're like, uh-oh, they're going to forget my drink versus somebody that's done this 20 years or whatever. And they're just like, no, they're on it. They know exactly how to multitask and how to deal with everything and how to deal with the cooks in the back if something doesn't come out the right way or whatever. That experience is what you pay for in this world. You get better service with more experience and you get what you pay for nine out of 10 times. So go ahead. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't mind paying to have I don't mind paying more to have less headache and problems in this world because who wants more headaches and problems? Not I. Especially in something that's big. So, all right, you're up to bat. Go ahead. Let's talk about what was it? I think you talked about the national debt. What well, is yeah, that? So, so it was interesting, but um, so two weeks ago I went fishing with some some college buddies and uh had an awesome time caught a lot of fish what'd you catch uh we caught rockfish uh in the bay <clears throat> and we actually um we got onto a school of fish and for a half hour we were catching and releasing just tons of rockfish so it was great nice. um but one of the guys that was with us jim coolahan who uh great guy we went to high uh, college together and jim's pretty smart guy and he we were talking about the national debt and this and jim was a math major in college and went on to become a, a pilot in the in the air force and now he's commercial pilot and jim said well nobody's going to take the national debt seriously until they get rid of the word trillion <laughs> because right now trillion is a word that makes it sound not so bad when our national debt is $33 trillion. That's like okay? me having $33 in debt. Yeah. He said, so, but if you take away the word trillion and now you've got a national debt described in the billions, the, our national debt would be $33,000 billion, which is an astronomical amount of money. How many zeros is that again? Your That's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 zeros. 12 zeros. When's the last time you wrote a check with 12 zeros? <laughs> Never. So, so let's talk a little bit about the national debt because not a lot of people talk about it. I think it's something that has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed in this upcoming election because we've been very close to getting the government shut down. Um you know, Speaker McCarthy basically lost his job because of the national debt and, try, and extending the budget and doing all of that. So let's take a look at some of the things that, that the debt breaks down to. That debt that we sit at today, above $33 trillion, it breaks down to $100,000 per person. Excuse me? $100,000 per person. Men, women, boys, children, yep. old people, young people? Yes. 
Wow. That's based on 330 approximate million people in the country? Yep. $100,000 per person. Isn't that amazing? The average family income in America, I don't believe, household income is $100,000 per year. I don't believe. Yes. So if, so, so my point is we have to do something about this, this debt, and nobody's really addressing it. And it will affect us long-term with rates. It'll affect us with everything sure. that we do. Because of that debt, of that, so basically what it is is what causes our debt is we don't bring in enough money to support we don't balance our budget we don't balance our budget so it's nothing different than me making fifty thousand dollars a year but spending a hundred thousand dollars that's a problem okay that's that we're spending way more so what do we do we put it on our credit cards if we can't afford something we put it on our credit cards what we're doing as a country is we're just putting it on our national debt and when you say 33 trillion it doesn't sound that bad, but when you come up with some things like that's a hundred thousand dollars a person. The other thing is, is that in 2022 alone, we brought in 4.9 trillion in revenues, which is a lot of money, but we spent 6.3 trillion. That's a problem. Okay. That's the problem. That is the problem. One, uh, 1.8 billion dollars. Billion dollars, one point eight billion dollars, mm -hmm. is spent on interest every day. That's every day. Whoa! So just to handle our debt, we're spending one point eight trillion. Okay. And then in ten years, that's going to double. So, I just kind of want to bring this out just as a little bit of a yeah. We've never done this before. Out of three hundred and thirty-one programs, this is the first time we've ever yeah. talked to national debt and what's going on. We've talked about it maybe two mm. other times. Okay, but. I always say nobody ever talks about it. And it was really made sense when Jim said, just take away trillion and people will start focusing on our national debt. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I wanted to share it with everybody. But yep. it's something that I believe has to become part of elections and discussions. And what are you going to do? Because they don't talk about it in debates. They don't talk about it anywhere. And I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying that yeah, we, we, don't. we need to address it's the, no different. The national debt. Yeah. And I I don't know how we're going to do it, but we got to do it. Yep. And the biggest question, Terry, and all of you listeners and everybody that's going to hear this coming up, um, we want to hear from you. I think at the end of it, with what we do, mortgages and real estate, two major pillars of our entire economy, in fact, some of the biggest, um, it, it begs the question that's the obvious Going into national debt more and more and more and more and interest in one day, $1.8 billion in the whole nine yards, becomes how do we solve it and this and that? Who's going to pay for this? What about our kids? How do they think and feel about it? But the really big thing is this for mortgages and real estate. How does this affect mortgages short-term and long-term? And how is this going to affect home ownership short-term and long-term? I need to research some of that. I want to know myself, how is this going to affect things? Yeah, especially if we go start paying it down. Yeah, so I think it's fair to ask our taxes. So we got two things going on, I think, initially, and we're going to get off this pretty quick. Number one, why can't somebody would ask the question, if the U.S. government, if we're spending $6.3 billion or trillion, we're spending $6.3 billion mm, trill, a year, trillion. 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 If we're spending $6.3 trillion a year, 
Um, how do we cut that down? Like, where can we stop spending? Like, could we stop sending other countries money? Wouldn't that be a good idea? Can we stop supporting this or paying $80 for a hammer when it costs 20? You know what I'm saying? Like, like when, when are we going to make pay cuts? Like we would our household and say, Hey honey, I know you want that purse. Nothing wrong with it, but you're not going to Nordstrom's. You're not spending $500 for it. Go buy a hundred dollar purse, not $500 purse. Our budget doesn't support that right now. Why can't we do that as a nation? Why can't we have the people that spend our money that come in actually start start spending less money, oh my goodness gracious, and start making sacrifices? And at the same time, are we going to raise taxes? Now, the only thing I'm going to share is this, Terry. Um, this has nothing to do with politics. This is just economics. I did a term paper in college to get my thesis done for my um, accounting economics minor in college at a private school in Lee University in Tennessee. What I did back in 1995 is I submitted a neat little paper that compared and contrasted the current tax base rate system that is in place, which is half the tax code of today, by the way. Bernanke even got up and said, I'm in charge of the whole thing and I don't even know anything about it or whoever it was. And then I don't even know half of it. I don't, I don't know. And then all of a sudden I thought to myself, this is interesting. What I did is I proposed a 25% flat base rate tax system and that would cure basically a lot of these issues. And of course that has never happened and I don't know why yet. And I don't go deep into the economics side of it, but I just think it would be an interesting study once again to think, what would taxes have to be raised to or what would have to happen to be able to start balancing some of these things out? And even if we balanced our budget today, the interest we spend in daily interest on the debt alone, we would have to spend less and raise taxes even more to like balance all the bleeding out, if you will. And I think it's pretty fair to say, do you think the average American household income would be done? We could possibly see taxes be like in Europe. It could be like France. We could go to 50% taxes and we could see things that would be so painful that we're just not used to that in America. Mm -hmm. So anyways, interesting. We want to hear from you guys what y'all think. How's that? That sounds great. All right. Thank you. Two big things we're going to share today, Terry. We need a lot of your input on or more strategy. I'm going to finish from last week. Number four thing that a seller needs to do paying attention to this current market is huge, and that is condition is key. A year ago, when the interest rates, if you remember, a year and a half ago, were at 3%. You listed a house for sale. We had 50 showings and 25 offers. Kitchen could be full of, like, Sink could be full of dishes. The cat could be running around. You could have a smell in the house. You could have no furniture, some furniture. You could have anything happening, it felt like, and you were going to get multiple offers, right? Not today. Condition is key. Huge. Just like location and price is massive, so is condition. Make repairs. Clean the place up. It's time to pull out the paintbrushes and put new carpet and flooring in, boys and girls. I know you don't want to do it. Who does? But let me tell you this, Terry. One of the best things a seller can ever do, and I just told a seller this recently, for every dollar you spend on painting or carpet or flooring, you get $3 back. It's a three-to-one thing. It's called a slam dunk in basketball. We'll do it all day long because we'll win. So for every dollar you spend, you actually get 2 to $3 back in return. Why would you even fight and question it? Why? Right. Right. It's, like a, it's like a basketball coach saying, no, don't go out there and dunk. I want you to take a shot from 30 yards back. What are you, nuts? Dunk the ball if you can dunk the ball. Because why? You're going to win every single time. 
So, so what do you say or what do you do if somebody says, well, I don't have the money to do it and I don't have the patience or the time to do it? Not a problem. We reduce the price asking value to okay. compensate for what you're not willing to do, what you can't do. And, and listen, I understand there's people out there and they say, Darren, that sounds mean. No, I understand that there's people that don't have the money, time, and everything to do it. Not a problem. It's not a big deal. You just basically have to have us professionally guide you into where is it going to make sense within the market to the value proposition a buyer is going to process. That's it. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Where is it going to make sense where a buyer is going to go, you know what? I don't care about no paint and carpet and flooring and this and that. The value makes sense based on four or five other homes we just looked at that did it or didn't do it. That's the key. Okay, I'm going to give you a good example. I'm going tomorrow, one of my competition sellers um, in the neighborhood of Clifford's, I'm going to see a house that is priced at $700,000 and ours is at $769,000. Okay, bring a clipboard. I want to know, Terry, what is the $70,000 difference that we're higher than the other home? What do we have they don't? What do they have that's superior that we don't? And what does that look like in real time? And how does that make sense? And are we priced right based on that, what we call direct competition, and then indirect in sales and under contracts and this and that and everything else under the sun? That's what I've done for 20 years. I know how to do that. It takes time, but my seller is going to thank me because that's my job. My job is to say, hey, look, based on all these things, you're not positioned right. Or based on all these things, you are positioned right. Sit still. It's fine. Nothing's wrong right now. That's my job, and I'm going to do that. Most agents, they're not going to do that. They don't have the time to do it. They don't want to do it. They don't know how. I'm not bashing nobody. I'm just speaking the truth that sometimes it takes doing over and above to get over and above results. Wow. Isn't that an interesting concept? All right. Next thing is do a pre-home inspection. So here's the thing, Terry. If somebody doesn't want to deal with condition and everything in any regard, I, right now, am highly advocating to our sellers, you really do want to do a pre-home inspection. It costs about 500 bucks to do. It's probably the best $500 you're ever going to spend. Why? Why? Look it up. Ask Siri and ask Google. In the month of September. So, so what, go ahead. So, so, Darren, you want me to get a pre-home inspection? What if we find something? What if you find something? Oh, we're going to find stuff. Oh, we're going to find stuff. Okay. That's not a bad thing. That is a very liberating and very good thing because here's the deal. Ready, Terry? Do you want to find it or do you want the buyer to find it and get out of the contract because of it? Because you're now going to go, no, 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 it's not a big deal to me. Why is it a big deal to you? And now the buyer is like, oh, it's a really big deal to me. Um, you have a stain on the wall. I don't like it. I think your whole roof's leaking. Bye. I'm not putting $20,000 into the dang house. And the seller's sitting there going, but I don't have a leak. Honestly, we've never had a leak. Well, you do now. Yeah. <laughs> you get no, I think, I think that's a great, great idea. Yeah. So the reason why, Terry, is because if you look in the month of September, it's in the news, 17% of all contracts that went south and buyers backed out of them mm-hmm. wasn't because of financing, Your Honor. It wasn't because Terry and his financing friends are doing a bad job. It wasn't because, oh, my goodness, we're getting cold feet. We think things are going to change and I'm going to have buyer remorse. Not because of that. That's a whole other world. It's because of the dang home inspection that for two or three years during COVID, nobody was doing because why? You didn't have to. There's 20 offers you're competing against. The buyers would say, how do I get my dream home? You know what us agents would say? 
you're going to have to go up in price, not ask for closing costs, waive the home inspection, don't ask for their dog, don't ask for pizza for a year. Don't go FHA. Don't go, yeah, yeah, don't go yeah, FHA. Right. You better get cash, borrow it from your friends and family and your Uncle Bob. Do whatever it takes. Here's all the things you could do to get the house. What do you think about doing? And I, as an agent, never, ever, ever said to a buyer, this is what you got to do in your situation. You know what I'd say? Here are the pros and cons. Number one, here are your options. Number two, here are the pros and cons to the options. Here's a typical, not always, but a typical pecking order. Now, what would you like to do, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, to try to get your dream home? And you know what they'd do? They'd be like, well, let's do this, this, this. What do you think? And I'd go, let's try it. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it just didn't. Sometimes they couldn't do it. They couldn't get more money to come to the table with or whatever it was. But this is the big one. Home inspections, 17% of all of them went south, buyers backing out. Let me tell you what, during COVID, how many buyers do you think backed out over, hey, I know I won the bid, I was up against 10 other offers, and I, but I'm doing a home inspection or I'm going to do whatever, and I, no, and I'm going to ask for something to get fixed. Are you nuts? That never, we didn't have to fix nothing during COVID. The only thing you had to do was wear your mask around, right? You didn't have to fix nothing. So 17% of all deals went south, and those numbers are going higher, by the way, a little bit. By not, It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's pretty significant. Next up is this. So listen, if you don't want to do – if somebody says, I don't want to do a pre-home inspection – because the one house I listed this week was brand new. It's two years old. Why would I do a pre-list home inspection? You know what I'd say to that, seller? You don't have to. Because the chances of something going wrong in two years in a home is like pretty slim to none. I mean, it's like, what, a reverse polarity plug? 50 bucks? Big deal, right? I know what to look for, Terry, and I know when to say, yeah, I probably would do that or I wouldn't. Or offer a home warranty. Oh, my goodness, this is a good one. Offer a home warranty? That costs $500. Are you nuts? Give it to the buyer. If that gets, if it's a first-time home buyer, they get the warm and fuzzies when they show their parents' house and they go, hey, the HVAC, the roof, the appliances, anything happens, you pay a small deductible when it's covered. Oh, my goodness gracious, are you kidding me? Give mm-hmm. the home warranty I a think that's spin. that's a good idea as well. It's a great idea. The other one is closing costs. Yes. Terry, how many deals are asking for closing costs help right now? Um, I'm seeing about 50%. Oh, guess what happened during COVID? How many we saw with closing costs? Zero. Zero. Whoop, goose eggs. Now... It's not a bad idea to say we're going to give buy down money depending on what kind, where it's located, like price of homes and all those things. Because we know the high end market, they're not really interested in that. First time home buyers, they like the buy down program. And if you go to our last programs, you'll hear a lot about those. Closing costs, big deal. FHA can get up to what? 6%, right? Correct. USDA and VA loans up to 6 And how much can conventional loans get? They can get up to 3% mm-hmm. unless you put down more money than you can get up to 6%. There you go. Terry so has the answer on how that works. And you know what? That can be a really good thing for a seller to offer to, to be a, a good thing. Open houses. Yeah, these can be good if somebody wants your home to be seen by uh, people that um, don't have an agent or they just, you know, neighbors, whatever this had brings more exposure. Um, Terry, I've done more home and uh, open houses in the last two months than I did in six years. 
Okay, no problem. Uh, and I'm seeing that, yes. Yeah, must pay attention to days on market. Oh, my goodness, strategy-wise, this is so big. I've told you the 10- or 14-day rule and other things like that. We've gone over that, and I will hit that very specifically with our sellers because of what it is. That's very customized, to be honest with you. It really is. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, I have a borrower that um, he, he dabbles in the um, investment market. So he'll go after, and he said, you know, if a house has been on the market for 30 days, that's that's ripe to go negotiate with him. Okay. And he's paying cash, and but but he said, you know, to to come out and get a bargain two two days in or three days in. He said, I wait till 30 days, and then I see what's wrong with the house, and uh, I, I he does better that way. Yep. The final thing, Terry, number 10 on my list is the big one where sellers will say to me, if we don't, or I will. I'll bring it up if it doesn't get brought up first. Um, what's your plan B if you don't get the price? If, if this doesn't work or marketing, blah, 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 whatever, you're going to say market more, market more. No, if if it worked for 700 transactions, it works for yours too. We're only increasing it. We're only making it better, more cutting edge. Here's the thing. Well, Mr. Real Estate Agent, I'm the seller now, be the seller. And they're going to say, well, um, what's an average price correction that we should do to make sure that we get an offer? hundred dollars yeah on a six hundred thousand dollar <laughs> home we're going to go from six hundred thousand to five hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety well, nine hundred dollars psychological difference it's all right? psychological boys and girls you bet yeah 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 if walmart drops their lowers their price by two percent how many people are going to see it as a blue light special and it's like you are you feel like you're in kmart now from the 80s Nah, zero. Nah, zero. Okay. But in the housing industry, I got good news. I got good news, Terry. We're not talking about it. We're talking, this does work. And so to to let everybody know, what I have always suggested is a two-prong rule at about the average time or less of days on market. I look at that very carefully because that moves and shakes a little bit here and there. But if you do not get an offer by X amount of time and then three um, afterwards, after the period of time, if you're not getting three showings, like within a week or whatever, like that, depending on the price point, you're not priced right. I can tell you right now, you can fight with me all you want. I've done this for 20 years. You aren't right. Just like a retail store knows when their product needs to be placed on sale or God forbid clearance, right? Okay. So here's the deal. In the next two minutes, here's the deal, Terry. What I've told people is after this many showings, Okay. The market is speaking. They're not lying. They're not controversing against yourself and conspiracizing and all that crazy stuff, right? So what's an average? Probably sometimes 2%. Mm, sometimes it takes a 3% tweak downward to be able to be in that new sweet spot where now it becomes, ooh, buyers. Now you got buyers' attention again. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody yeah. says, Wait a minute. If I have a $700,000 home, are you telling me we're going to adjust the price $20,000? Yeah, that's pretty small. That's like little. That's like we're not going from 750 to 700. We're going to like 730. Like no, we're just doing a little baby tweak. That's all it is. And and when you lower your price, it alerts Everybody, right? As yes. a price adjustment. Correct. Yes. So what happens is not only does it go out in the MLS, it goes out to every third party, all the vending sites and everybody, and it becomes an alert, alert, alert. Um, 
depending on what people's price search ranges that they put in on their searches that they do as buyers, it now shows up. So it shows up as an adjustment to those looking, saving that search. It also might show up into those that weren't even seeing it because it was out of their search range. And now it's come into their search range and they're like, hey, this is a home for sale. Now, we didn't see this before. Wait a minute. It's been on the market 25 days. How did we not see this? Because it was out of your price range you were even searching for. We get that okay. a lot. Yeah. And it goes to every single real estate agent and others that have already seen the property once before, which re-alerts them that there's been a correction. Come on back. We've got a better deal for you, maybe. So there you go, folks. Any last thoughts? No. All right. Great job. Happy buying Thank and selling. You. you guys are awesome. Make sure you tune in each and every week, Saturdays, 11, 1130, right here on WFMD on yourfrederickrealestate.com and all that good stuff and my DarrenAhern.com and everything. And we will be here for you. Happy buying and selling and get ready. Christmas cash for kids is coming up. Get ready to help out. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, Call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at darrenahern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We'll see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.